This is Lonesome Roads behind the wheel and in front of the microphone here at the Todd Studer Studios on South 4th Street in Council Bluffs, right across from Kingsville Collectibles. And with me uh, for this podcast is uh, some uh, guests of friends of mine. Uh, one of them, is both or both these guys have uh, made appearances here before. Uh, Patrick Stibbs, uh, who is a screenwriter and owner of uh, On The Spot Productions. And then we have uh, Charles Corby Warner, who is uh, owner of Soundtrack. Soundtrack. <laughs> I'll change the name then if you'd like. <laughs> Cyber Launch. And then we have uh, Ron Ladd, who has been uh, doing broadcasting of some sort of another for quite a while. I met him back at uh, KOLT in Scotts Bluff and then followed him to KHUB, AM and FM in Fremont. Um, and he's been doing audio for, well, he did the audio for the Husker games back when the Huskers were good. <laughs> and uh, worked at uh, Channel 6 for a number of years doing their audio for the 10 o'clock news and also worked at ETV for a number of years. And now he's retired and he just lives out of his van and <laughs> down by the river yeah <laughs> and uh i'm gonna hand the microphone over to my next guest special guest uh, rob christopherson who i met at uh, one of the cars and coffee uh down at uh, speedway motors and he was asking about the fiero i had there and was looking for cars for um, a movie he was uh involved in scouting for cars uh, so I'm going to just uh, turn the microphone over to you, uh, Rob, and you can tell us about your business, and uh, we'll go from there. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello there. So I guess, yes, I'm Rob Christopherson. I've uh, been uh, in the movie, commercial, entertainment industry for quite a while, and as he uh host said I was just looking for cars because we just finished a movie here in Omaha called Going for Two in which I was enlisted as a picture car coordinator. Uh, the movie was set in 1982 and of course the challenges are to find vehicles that are from the 70s early 80s to be average cars in neighborhoods and uh, other areas, which I discovered was quite an interesting challenge because uh, a lot of the cars didn't survive. We had cash for clunkers, we had demolition derbies, we had, they were not very good cars. Um, it was one of the more challenging jobs I have had, as I think I'm, well, I should mention, I'm normally a location manager, but on a lot of the smaller productions, I'm also pulled into the transportation and or the uh, uh, helping to find vehicles to use. Um, but when you go back in time, that creates a certain uh, different problems because the cars become characters they become actors in a scene um you know you you can't put certain people in certain vehicles because it wouldn't make sense you know if you've got a family of five and they're getting into a uh, charger or a uh, trans am 
you know, people are going to go, this makes absolutely no sense at all. And uh, with this, we were in neighbor, a neighborhood uh, in Omaha. We were uh, in a, uh, uh, a shopping area. And as I was looking, I would tell people, well, back in the day, if you went out into the mall, any mall anywhere, what would you see for cars? And you would see a lot more four doors. You might have seen some Omnis, some Honda Accords, some uh, Toyota Tercels maybe, some Park Avenues, all of which are around here are non-existent. And since we did not have a budget, a big budget, like a really big movie where we would just bring them in from either Los Angeles or Atlanta, um, even Chicago. What was the budget on that movie? I was going to ask you because uh, it's done filming now, correct? Right, right. What was the budget on that film? I, it's not, I'm not in that part. Uh, I think around five, I think. Okay. Rob, you'd, you'd mentioned at the start about a picture car, so listeners right. that might not know the movie lingo. Okay, so picture cars are when, it, when you watch a movie and you have, so, okay, so the, probably one of the most iconic, of course, would be Steve McQueen, the 69 Mustang uh, bullet. Um, you had the General Lee for, um, uh, with, uh, or the Trans Am from Smoking the Bandit or the Fast and the Fears, those cars that appear in movies don't just randomly appear. They have to be sought out. Uh, there are companies in Los Angeles that supply them. Um, you, it's almost like ordering online, or you have people that say, hey, I've got these vehicles, and so they have a database that say, hey, if they're available here, you can rent them for X. So you have this big database that you can kind of get, you know, get a hold of to make things kind of period correct and what I would call character correct for the people. So stupid question, are they shipped here or do you drive them? No, usually they're used like on uh, Nebraska, they, they, were, they came in on a transport. I see, I would think so. They, they brought in, yeah, when, when we shot Nebraska, I was in the transport, and yeah, so they were all, they were brought, some were sourced locally, you know, cause, but again, we were, it was not time-wise, we were more present time. It's when you go back in time or, you know, or even, I mean, there was, you know, there was a gal on Going for Two that worked on, uh, uh, like, Amityville 2, the horror movie or whatever, in Chicago, in Naperville. And she said, yeah, you know, they, they were shooting downtown. Half the, half the vehicles were all hot rods and other stuff, which, at Cars and Coffees, that's what you found are, you know, people saved those cars. They, they saved coupes. People didn't save four-door sedans. They didn't save Omnis. I couldn't even find, I was looking, even though they came out in 82, they were considered 83, but uh, a Voyager or a Caravan. I mean, it was, it was really, I, uh, uh, I have to, there are some people I need to thank because I had a gentleman from up in uh, uh, northern Nebraska that brought me down in 81 Citation that we needed to use because this person was a single mom, not rich. Well, I, I couldn't very well put her in a Mustang. You know, you, you, you have to, the cars become characters. And, and we see, uh, you know, uh, what would James Bond be but without the Aston Martin DB4? You know, certain cars or, or smoking the bat at the Trans Am. You know, certain cars become characters and they become identified 
uh, uh, with shows. And so, you know, it, to me, it's important um, when we try and do something to try and do a good job to match correctly. And even if we're not timed, like, it needs to be believable. Who would, in a, in a typical movie that's shooting, say, in Nebraska, that is present day or whatever, who would decide, okay, this character is going to drive this kind of vehicle? Is that in the script? Or well, a, 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 so we had discussions with the director, and usually it's, it's a, with the production designer and with the director that uh, in, in pre-production you have a discussion of, okay, you know, give some guidelines. Um, what, you know, what do you see? I mean, in this one, uh, uh, the director was looking for gremlins. He wanted this one character to have a gremlin. I found three gremlins. I just couldn't make a deal with them to use them. Yeah. I probably found the only three gremlins in the state. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, and you're, you're like, okay, I tried. I got it. You know, so plan B. It's the it's same as a location. You know, well, this is where we ideally would like to shoot. And if, if you find one, does it necessarily have to be running? Yes, usually. Yeah. Yeah, unless it's unless it's a really important car that's just going to sit in some of it. But usually, yeah, they need to be. Now, a lot of times they're not driven all that far, but they need to at least, you know, pull in and out of a driveway or go in and out of something so that, you know. And that's the other thing with the choice of cars on this one. You know, I'm back to dealing with carbureted cars and vacuum hoses and all those things that, you know, you don't normally deal with much in our daily lives anymore because we you know, all our cars are fuel injected and they start on time and, you know, everything else, you know. And you don't have to wait them to warm up and all those other things. Cool. Well, Rob, uh, thanks for uh, coming in today. Um, it's on kind of a timeline here, so uh, I think we've got a much bigger topic than uh, we can do in a half hour. But yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Betcha. Uh, oh, I look forward to your, your website, phone number, whatever. Well, no, I don't have. I'm just, I'm. That you indicated that, that you worked at ETV? Yes. And at what what was the In period the and what did you 70s. do? 70s. Oh, 70s. Okay. When we first opened up. Yeah. Back okay. when they were just beginning and did audio. And yeah, that's when we did the. Uh, uh, the Tennyson series where we had Henry oh, sure. Fonda and, you know, I got to floor direct Vincent Price, which those are whole nother stories. Oh, yeah. Have. So, yeah, back in the early days. So, all right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rob. All right. So. This is like. Are we going to edit this out? Oh, we'll probably do some editing uh, later on. <laughs> Where do we start? Um, well, Ron tossed in some suggestions, and I don't know about a lot of these, like um, Collateral. Anybody seen that? Yeah, I think I saw that, yeah. Oh, a car would be the taxi, right? Yeah, in that case, yeah. That was the Tom Cruise film, right? Right. Yeah. I like that movie. Good flick. 
Yeah. And, and taxi driver he put in there. Yeah, that'd that would, be the that taxi. Be, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So And the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have a taxi theme going on here. That's great. <laughs> I know you gave a lot of titles. Obviously, we're not going to have. Do you want to just pick like, you know, five of those titles and focus on those five? I mean, I know you sent quite a few, Jim. Yeah, I did. I'd like um, to interject. One of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of all time, is The Great Race. Oh, Tony Curtis? And Jack Lemmon. Yeah. And Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood, yeah. Okay, that's that's my part. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good movie. Nice to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, even as a mad, 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 mad world could be considered because there were so many vehicles in that, right. you know. Yeah. A lot of taxis in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter Falk. Yeah. Um, here's, How about Uber? No. That's... <laughs> here's one, Pat. I'm, I'm interested to see if you remember this. Lucy Hunts Uranium. I do not know that title, no. Uh, it was a two-part episode on the Lucy show. Oh, really? Yeah, not I Love Lucy, but... Actually, no. It was, it was one. It was an episode of a series called The Lucy and Desi Comedy Hour, and it was a 13-episode program that ran over three seasons right after they ended The Honeymooners. Oh. So it, it, although they would air like... Three or four episodes a year, and it ran for about three years for a total of like 13 episodes. And it was, um, I think, episode three of the first season. Was the one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh. so This was, was right after the Lucy. The when, Lucy when, when I Love Lucy, Lucy ended, uh, Lucy and Desi, although they were obviously having some marital issues yeah. at the time, they came back thinking, well, we'll just do, we don't want to you know, do the drudgery of a weekly yeah. series, but they would do... This they did well. It was a thirteen episode special that would run like once or twice a month during the winter months, and they did about thirteen episodes, and that was the third one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's See, to, to me. I, I, when we started talking about this, I was thought we were talking about movies. Yeah, this has never been theatrically released, but it's a TV show. And I'm right. thinking you maybe do an episode on TV shows. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a cool point of interest, though. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I didn't know it existed. So Yeah, it's it's so hilarious. Um, the chases that they have throughout the movie, uh, there's basically Fred and Ethel merge. They <laughs> go through about three different cars, old clunkers. And then there's Lucy and Desi. And they're driving their, I think it was like a 53 Dodge convertible like they had in the movie where they're camping. And then Fred McMurray's driving a 57 T-Bird. And they're heading back to get their claim on the uranium that they found. And so <laughs> I, they're... What, it, it was a, a contest hunt for uranium. Okay. And Lucy and Desi... Were in one car, Fred and Ethel another, and McMurray was in a third car by himself. Yeah. But it was a it was a competition to find uranium because yeah. huh. maybe they the... could do that at kids' parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I... Every time somebody mentions Fred and Ethel, of course, you know uh, William Frawley and Vivian Vance who despised each other in real life. And I'll never forget reading an interview. Somebody ran into Vivian Vance years later and said, how's William Farley? And she said, dead, thank God. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Funniest thing I think I ever. Well. 
Anyway, sorry. Get off topic there. I also didn't know that. So. <laughs> yeah, if we ever do a TV show one, we got to talk about Knight Rider, too, because that's right. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Knight yeah. Riders. Woo. Well, and see, that's what made me think about, oh, TV shows about cars. Right. So, Car 54, Where Are You? Yeah. My Mother the Car, Adam 12, Route 66, Knight Rider, Highway Patrol, Dukes of Hazard. And then there's one that somebody here might remember. It was a special, The Edsel Show, with ah. Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, and Rosemary Clooney. Wow. There you go. You seen that, Jim? Oh, yeah. Okay. That was Corb. Yeah, that oh, You saw it, too? Yeah. I've never seen that. The Edsel Show. That's now, Knight Rider, he drove a gremlin, right? <laughs> I thought it was a pacer. Oh, that's that's something. It was like. a Vega. Okay. You're all wrong. What did Wayne uh, Wayne in Saturday Night Live, what did he drive? What oh, was that? That was a pacer. That was a pacer. That was a pacer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, anyway. We digressed. That was our TV digression. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even mention Christine. I mean, holy cow. Oh. I know. Yeah. Wow. That's a car movie. Yeah. That's where that's the picture cars. That's definitely one. Um, all the Jason Bourne movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, oh. and I, you know, the the first one was the best. I thought that that chase scene with the the Mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course there's the two Mini Cooper movies. The oh, Italian uh, Job. Yeah, Italian Job. Yeah. yeah, that they remade. Those were amazing movies. Yeah, great stunts. The Transporter. Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another car movie there. And Ron tossed in Thelma and Louise, I guess, the TV, the T-Bird. What year T-Bird was that? 66, oh. I think. A what? 66? 66, yeah. Um, you got the Love Bug down here, too. I remember because there were probably, what, four Love Bug movies originally and then the re- yeah. the reboot in, in um, <clears throat> was it 2005? Yeah. Uh, which was also a very good film. I haven't seen uh, that. That reboot was actually very, very good. Hmm. Um, Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, yeah. But those were uh, those were very good films. We didn't mention The French Connection. But yeah. before we leave The Love Bug, I, I had to throw in, speaking of Disney, you got Flubber and Son of Flubber with mm-hmm. actual oh, flying yeah. cars. Yeah. 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 It's true. <laughs> Flubber and Son of Flubber. Oh, my gosh. Fred and, and more Fred McMurray, right? Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ronan, we didn't mention that one. That's got some. Now I never saw Ronan. Oh my gosh, that's got some incredible driving scenes. Really? Yeah, never saw that. <clears throat> Eighty cars destroyed in the filming of Ronan. Oh my gosh! Wow. Was that uh, Keanu Reeves? Am I no, thinking of the no. right one? No, this was De Niro, and. Um, well, I don't remember the guy's name. He played um, the professional. Oh, um, um, yeah, that guy, the French yeah. guy, Jean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was in it too. He's one of the lead characters. Okay, Ronan. Okay, yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to check that one out. They, they in that movie they refer to the Jean man, Reno, the man in the wheelchair, which in uh, the book is actually who Jason Bourne kills. Uh, but in the the story about the born identity, oh, so it's it's kind of a there's a, is a kind of a connection there. I should probably ask everybody, what do you think the worst car movie is ever? Uh, probably the car. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was going to say all the cars I've owned, but that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. Yes, the car was a very, uh, that was not a very good film. That was a horror film, too. I, I yeah, remember. yeah. You remember the Lively set? Twiggy? No, no. Uh, James Darren. Um, and it's a race across the country or something. 1964. Uh, and Is this a movie? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it features the uh, Chrysler Turbine car. Remember that? Chrysler supplied that for yeah. that movie. Yeah. Saying, oh, yes, please talk about this because rather than internal combustion, let's go with turbo. Oh. oh. And it, by the way, just to throw it out there, it won the Oscar for best sound. So Really? Yeah. Cool. The lively set. Yeah. Um, the Highwaymen, I like from the standpoint of uh, there they are racing around in, you know, it was Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. Um racing around chasing after Bonnie and Clyde, and they're driving these old 34 Fords. And, of course, Clyde just loved his Ford. In fact, I think he, like Dillinger, wrote to Henry Ford and said, you have such a great car. Uh, I can get away from the cops. And and we mentioned Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And that's got a lot of great cars. I love the way they... they, uh, film those scenes too you get right behind the wheel and mm-hmm. yeah and then downtown i couldn't believe the downtown area of hollywood that he took you down and you see all the old cars and all the old that was amazing and, yeah he recreated incredible. that entire was it sunset boulevard hollywood boulevard where he recreated all of that the set designer yeah, amazing wow yeah that was incredible what a great movie the last american hero that was one of yours ron i'm not familiar with that one the tv to- show um, oh, I'm thinking of Greatest American Heroes, sorry. That was one of mine. It must have been not one of my top ten, though, right? Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, that's uh, 73, so my mind is kind of, take it. yeah, it's an old one. <laughs> but it's a car movie because of what? Is this where we do the edit? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh, like I said, it was it's it was just one that that came up as I was thinking about different car movies. Yeah, and you said that American Graffiti does not qualify. What do you mean by that? As as we were discussing different films, I'm thinking, okay, the the plot or something about the movie needs to be centered on cars, and. It to me, it was more of a radio movie, to be honest, because all you know, it's Wolfman Jack throughout the whole film, and yeah, there's a little bit of driving around Petaluma, but but they're cruising, yeah, yeah, cruising the whole movie, yeah. Okay, right. so you can the, <laughs> the last American, yeah. You know, when you when you when you graffiti. break yeah. when you break it down, there really isn't much of a plot to American Graffiti. It, it, you know, it's it's kind of like when we talked about uh, Two Lane Blacktop. You know, not a. It's kind of a thin plot. What's going on here? And the same thing I always thought with graffiti. You know, it's just a series of you know, not vignettes, but you know, the cars here and scenes here and Wolfman Jack and, and Suzanne Summers. Uh, Summers and you know, I mean, it it works. It's a great movie, but you know, um, I'd love to read the original screenplay of that movie to see exactly. It must have been. It might have been very thin screenplay. Just. Insert cars driving here, you know. Insert rock around the clock here, or whatever the case is. Was that a Coppola movie? 
He, uh, I thought he, that was... Yeah, Lucas and Coppola, Luke, yeah. I was going to say, Lucas is what I remember. Yeah, Lucas produced it and Coppola directed it. Oh, okay. My entertainment lawyer, um, ironically enough, had uh, net points on that film. He was... He was um, he worked for a law firm, um, and they handled Lucas's company. This was before um, Lucasfilm. And uh, so when they made uh, American Graffiti, by the way, the budget of that film was extremely low. It was, you know, 300000 maybe. Oh. And Universal Studios had absolutely no faith in that movie. But they liked Lucas because he had done that THX 1138, you know, student film, and they thought he had talent. And, and he pushed to get this thing made. And but Universal didn't think much of it, and uh, of course the thing became big. Well, when they were making the film, uh, Lucas uh, was given points, you know, which is like a, a net percentage profit of the film, just giving them out because nobody thought the thing was going to make any money. <clears throat> and then boom, it hit. And then, ironically, when uh, he started peddling Star Wars next, um, nobody wanted to make that film. Everybody turned that down. And then, uh, including um, 20th Century Fox, who they went back to, and then a new guy at Fox decided he'd take a, you know, take a chance on it. Well, they were doing the same thing, giving away points. Again, because everybody thought science fiction was dead. Especially at that time. Especially at that time. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Andy about the meetings that he attended, and everybody kept saying, oh, yeah, it, it died with Battlestar Galactica. That's what everybody kept saying. And uh, nobody thought Star Wars was going to do anything. Even Fox was... So when they're giving away net points, so the funny thing is, is I remember asking Andy, I said, well, you must be extremely wealthy with those points you had on those two films. He goes, well, I would have been had I stayed at the law firm. But when he left the law firm, he had to leave all that behind because he started his own thing. And I go, do you ever regret that? He goes, "Mm, sometimes. Wow. Pat, you mentioned uh, Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. Uh, any thought? It just to me, it was like, eh. But when they did the reboot, what an amazing series! Did you watch that? I I, I never saw the reboot. No. Oh, it's a it's it's totally different. Really, it's really good. Uh, I thought the original was good from what I remember. I think I was like fourteen or fifteen when it came. Oh, I'm trying to think what year that was. Was it seventy four, seventy five, something like that? Somewhere around that area. Um, but no, I never I never did get to see the reboot. That is that's a very interesting. Really? Yeah, it's great. So cars in space will be one of our next subjects. Well, Well, we we have a Tesla out there now. (laughs) Galactica, anyway. (laughs) Um, Back to American Graffiti, uh, a lot of his budget uh, went to the royalties for the music. Music, yeah. Yeah. In fact, he couldn't even afford to make uh, any, like, other music for when there wasn't a scene with a song in it. Right. So like he, score music? Yeah. yeah. So he just used Nat Sound, like in the scene where they're uh, uh, down by the lake and they hear, what was it, uh, some monster or something, and, but that's all Nat Sound. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I know they had to recreate a couple songs because of rights issues. That's why you don't hear the original At the Hop in the movie. Oh. Uh, by Danny and the Juniors, it was okay. Flash Cadillac that did it in the in the, but that fit because they were performing it at the yeah the dance or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah you're right. Music music clearance was, in fact, there was a movie that came out called American Hot Wax, Great around movie. the same time, that, about Alan Freed, 
and uh, it, for in, in fact, I think to this day it still hasn't seen an official release because of the music clearance. Um, they just couldn't come to agreement on a lot of those songs. And, you know, sometimes they just go in and replace the songs like they did with WKRP in Cincinnati when it went into syndication. They had to take out a lot of the original music that they used because they couldn't get the rights. And um, But then now since, uh, if you're a fan of WKRP, uh, even though there's no cars in that show that I can think of, um, but the music has all been restored now. Oh, they uh, have a version now with Wow. That would yeah, be interesting. Uh, Shout Factory they just uh, is the company. They just released a six-volume like a year or two ago. So you can actually get all the WKRPs with, I think they said they got 99% of the original, you know, there might have been one track they just couldn't get for, you know, whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, because... That's, that's, that's just the home version. Home, not, yes, home version. released anywhere you could stream it or watch it. Uh, no. Okay, um, no, just the home video. But well worth well worth it because uh, I got those discs and, and you know, just to hear the original songs that were, you know... Sure. Anybody that was, know? That was Turkey's Hitting Cars. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. As God oh, humanity. My, so. There you go. As God is my witness. Yeah. Um... Speaking of WKRP, anybody know the very first song that the new format played when they switched formats on the TV show? They went from like a beautiful music format to to rock. Does anybody remember the first song Johnny Fever played? No. I remember when he said booger. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Queen of the Forest by uh, Ted Nugent and oh, uh, wow. Amboy Dukes. Oh, good that trivia was, question. Yeah, very first track played on, on the... What a great show. Oh, my gosh, that show was so good. It Just was. genius, genius, genius. Um, seven Up, seen that? Um, the Seven Ups or Seven Up? The Seven Ups, you're right. Uh, Roy Scheider? Yeah, I think I did see that a long time ago. Yeah. Who yeah. was the sidekick with him? Um, wasn't Peter Falk, was it? Uh, I'd have to was, look it up. Was that kind of a... Distant relative sequel to the French Connection. It was, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, the same guy produced and directed by Philip D'Antoni, who had also produced Bullet and the French Connection. Oh, okay. Wow. But I thought wasn't there wasn't there like didn't they share a character or no or just an actor or two? I thought there was an oh, actual but, connection oh. between French Connection and so on. No, I don't think so. I don't know. Um, Roy Scheider is driving a 73 Pontiac Venture. Oh, wow, nice. Far out. Um, And the same stunt driver also drove the Dodge Charger in Bullet and also the Pontiac Le Mans in the French Connection. Oh. Where Gene Hackman. And that that scene in French Connection, oh. And they didn't, for the the wreck in the 7-Ups, they did not... um, Actually rehearsed that. Um, well, that was an actual accident in, while they were filming, was it not? Well, they just left it in. They, um, they just no. Uh, well, the accident was actually a tribute to Jane Mansfield. Oh, and the way she died running into the back of a truck. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. Anyway, um, what else have we got? 
Did we miss any of yours, Ron? Oh, gosh. I kind of uh, – you had mentioned like 10, so um, which ones have we not talked about? Thunder Road? Um, well, since it, one one of the ones that I think was fascinating, although it's a it was a, technically a movie but made for TV, was Duel. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah, we talked Steven about Steven Spielberg, time. yeah. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that was a TV movie. We were discussing that because it was so good. Kind of like Brian's song, you know. People forget that was a TV movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday Movie of the Week. Yeah. And uh, that's back when the networks really took a lot of care in, in movies of the week, you know. Now they're all kind of like Disease of the Week type films or <laughs> Hallmark or whatever. And, you know, back then there was some interesting – ABC – some incredible horror films that they did, you know, um, When Michael Calls. I don't know if you ever saw that film. Oh, brilliant. You know, calls from a dead nephew this guy's, this woman's getting. and It's just very cool stuff. Um, uh, I had, it's actually part of a movie, but uh, to me, Death Proof was just. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Is that the Tarantino? Well, with... it was part of Grindhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, that was. Yes. Okay. Kurt Russell. Let's have some fun with this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Yeah, Jeff Bridges, Ben yeah. Eastwood. Yeah. That, and George Kennedy. George Kennedy, yeah. Yeah. A lot of neat cars in that flick. Yeah. Yeah. And, obviously, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, we did mention that last Have time. Have we talked about that? And yeah. how about Tucker? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we talked about Tucker last we time. We talked, and Corbin, I talked at length about Tucker and how they should do a treatment on the Edsel for another movie about cars. You and Pat should be working on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, have we covered enough for this time? I think so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, excellent. Thanks for showing up, you guys. Absolutely, man. Um, And thanks for uh, tuning in to my podcast. And uh, if you have any story ideas or you'd like to be a guest on the show, um, or if you want to criticize, complain, or even compliment, uh, send me an email at lonesomeroadsbehindthewheel at gmail.com. And roads is spelled R-H-O-D-E-S. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.